Do you live in the US, the UK, EU, or indeed outside of those places, but you live outside Ireland and you have an interest perhaps in buying property in Ireland? That is the subject matter of this episode of my podcast. Hey, it's Terry Gorry, and this is the Irish Law and Small Business Podcast. Okay, it's a beautiful July day here in Ireland. I think it is the 18th of July, 2021, making this video. I made a video there last year or the year before about buying property in Ireland, about buying a rural property and what you should be looking for. And I'm gonna link to that video in this one, up here, I think, um, when it comes up on YouTube, buying a rural property or buying a property in Ireland or something of that nature. This is a sort of a second bite of the cherry because quite frankly, the sound on the last one was a little bit affected by, or was badly affected, to be honest with you, by the wind. There was a little bit of wind that day. There's a small bit of a breeze today, but it's an absolute scorcher of a day here in Ireland. Yesterday it was 30 or 31 degrees. Today it's expected to be the same. This is not typical Irish weather, but that's what we're getting at the moment. I'm not complaining, it's beautiful. In this video though, I want to recap on a couple of things that I touched upon the last time about buying a property in Ireland, buying a rural property in Ireland, especially property in the country, not a three bed semi or a four bed semi or a four bed detached house in a town or a city, a rural property, a typical sort of uh, cottage or fixer upper, that sort of a situation. Now, since I made the last video, and I think it was a year or two ago, uh, it may even have been two years ago, I think I made that video uh, a couple of years ago, but since then I've actually had quite a bit of interest from overseas people, uh, people coming from the UK, from Germany, from Malta, from the United States, looking to buy property in Ireland, and I'm happy enough obviously to assist them and provide the legal services and so on, the conveyancing services. They've been in touch with me and I've had various clients, I've had various Zoom consultations and telephone calls and so on. People from the UK, as you say, people from the United States, people from Germany, people from Malta, people from other parts of Europe, buying property, coming back here from France, buying property in Ireland, all over Ireland. The first thing you need to understand from my perspective is it doesn't make any difference what part of the country you are buying in because it's a desk-based exercise from a legal perspective. So I don't go and physically check out the property. I can do my job from the office because I'm reviewing contracts and looking at legal documents. You, on the other hand, will have the difficulty, and you need to consider this yourself, the difficulty of finding the right property, doing your bit of market research, your bit of due diligence, finding the right property, finding the right part of the country, wherever you're going to be happy. And obviously, I'd have to strongly recommend that you come to Ireland and see what it's like if you haven't been here before and what part of the country is going to suit you best. And you may change your mind when you come and you may decide Kerry or Cork is for you and then you might, when you come, you might decide to instead go to the west coast, Mayo or someplace instead or Donegal or whatever. So it's a good idea to come and do your due diligence. So as I say, I can do the legal stuff, no difficulty whatsoever, because as I say, a solicitor is involved in a desk-based exercise and we check the 
planning documents, we check the title documents, we check the contracts, and we advise you on all that. You, on the other hand, are going to have to find the right property. You're going to have to carry out your inspection or your physical inspection, organise a structural survey, which I would strongly recommend, and uh, have a look at the property yourself, obviously. Getting a surveyor and so on, I can get you a surveyor if it's within 5-10 miles from my office in Enfield, which is on the east coast of Ireland. However, getting a surveyor on the west coast of Ireland or some other part of Ireland, which is 100 miles away or 150 miles away, I don't know anybody, quite frankly. Now, I may well be able to find somebody for you, but I, my surveyors would deal generally locally here. Surveyor is not a big issue, but I would strongly recommend that you get one. And I strongly recommend as well that you speak to the surveyor first and establish exactly the ground rules of what they are going to do for you, what they're going to look at, what they're going to cover, and more importantly, what they're not going to cover. Because there's no point getting a report that's going to cost you a right few bob and it is so heavily qualified with disclaimers and waivers and so on that it's useless to you. You need to know whether the property is structurally sound or not, okay? So I'm thinking for the sake of this video, we'll take a sort of a rural property, we'll take a sort of a cottage or perhaps a fixer-upper or something, something of that nature, but the same sort of principles will apply anyway. Now, the last time I made the video, a year ago or two years ago, I walked down the road there and it was windy day, the sound on my video was crap quite frankly, I had a new camera or I had a new uh, microphone and it was very poor, it didn't work out well, I'm hoping today will be better, it's a calm day, there's no wind, I'm going to walk down the road again and I'm going to have a look at the cottage that we looked at the last time and as I say I link, link to that video up here on the right, you can have a look uh, at it then and you can have a look now because it's been improved significantly and it may be a project similar to one that you might be having in your mind as to you know what you're going to buy you might be looking to buy a cheap property do it up and you know live happily ever after in Ireland if that's your dream that's your dream that's fair enough but we'll go now we'll have a look at it and we'll walk down the road and just see what's been done I'm not going to go into the property they are clients of mine they've done a nice job but you'll see what's possible and I'll touch upon again the things you need to be concerned about when you are buying a rural property Okay, so let's go. Okay, we're just heading out here now, out of my place, and here's my bird feeders, as you can see there. Birds have gone quiet this weather. Um, they're still coming around all right, but not nearly as vigorous as they used to be. So, whether it's the time of the year or the weather or what, I don't know. I'm going to go out here now to this rural road that I live on and walk down to the left and see exactly the little cottage that was renovated. Obviously a fabulous day. You're not going to be buying your property in Ireland for the weather, but sometimes we do get real bonus weather, fabulous weather. And uh, this is one such time, so it's uh, quite unusual, but it's great to get it. Okay, the first vital question you need to look at is this road that I'm on here. Is it in charge of the local authority? In other words, if you were buying a property on this road, is this property, or is this road rather, in charge of the local authority? Uh, and therefore, you have a legal right of way to get down to your property, assuming that you bought down here. The same principle, the same question applies no matter what part of the country you're going to buy in. Uh, 
access to your property is vital. Legal access is vital. So the road is going to be in charge of a local authority, or it could be a boreen, so it could be a right of way. The right of way may or may not be established. It may or may not be registered. It's vitally important that you find out these things beforehand. And that's where the solicitors come in. That's where the legals come in, because you don't want to find out later on that you've bought a property, you're exercising what you believe to be a right of way, you're walking down to your property or driving down, and the next thing is there's some farmer out saying you've no right to be going down there, there's no right of way, that last man sold you a pup, uh, and that's not the case at all, so you need to check that, okay? Okay, this is the property here that we had a look at the last time we were out. I was out, and they've done a nice job on it. As you can see, they have put a new roof on it. They have extended it. I know there's an extension. And uh, there is another entrance here now. They have probably done up inside quite significantly too. They have pebbled ash the outside of it to make it warmer. They've obviously put new windows in it. And they have a second entrance here now, which will be nice when it is finished finished off with some sort of tarmac or pebbles or whatever way they're going to do it but that's the little cottage we had a look at the last time and the issues surrounding that are the issues that you need to uh, consider carefully so the issues you need to consider carefully are this road is it in charge of the local authority or is the road access to the property that you're looking at that you're proposing to buy is it in charge of the local authority in Kerry or Mayo or wherever Cork, wherever you're going, wherever you're buying the property? That's the first thing. It may not be. There may be a right of way. The right of way may be registered. It'll be marked yellow on a property registration authority folio map. If that's the case, that's fine. Absolutely nothing to worry about. But that does need to be checked. The second thing you need to consider if you're buying in a rural area like this is the services. And when I talk about services, I'm talking about sewerage, waste, water, obviously. You have to dispose of your sewerage somehow. And water. Where's the water going to come from? So, just to be clear, if you're in a rural place like this, you're not going to be on the mains water. The likelihood is you're going to need your own well, or there may well be a group water scheme. But you're going to need one thing or the other, but you need to check that situation. The wastewater, the sewerage situation, again, you're not going to be on the mains, you're going to need your own septic tank, your own EnviroCycle or BioCycle system or whatever you, if whatever way it's described, you know what I mean. There is a lot of sewerage going to come out of your house, especially if you have a family, or indeed if it's just yourself and your partner or whatever. The sewerage obviously needs to be disposed of. The wastewater needs to be disposed of, washing dishes and washing clothes and so on and so forth. So you're going to need some sort of a sewerage system. They're the services, water, sewerage and road access. They're the key things. After that then, it's the property itself that you need to have a look at, get a structural survey done. Your difficulty though will be in, I suppose, carrying out inspections and getting a surveyor and perhaps getting tradespeople in a local area where you mightn't have any contacts but 
that's I suppose part of the thrill and part of the peril and part of the experience of going to a foreign country, moving to a foreign country, or indeed moving yourself if you're an Irish person around the country and moving from a town or city to a rural place and uh, buying a property, doing it up, or perhaps you'll be buying one that's already in good nick, which is well and good. But the services are vital, the road is vital. I have no difficulty acting for you if you're coming from the UK or the United States or anywhere else. But um, I'd be happy to help. But you need to consider the practical steps you need to take as well, just in terms of opening a bank account, getting a PPS number. There's no difficulty with a non-Irish person or a non-EU person buying property in Ireland. All they need, quite frankly, is a tax number, a PPS number, that allows them then to pay the stamp duty on the property when they buy it. And that's really it. Um, so you need to get a PPS number, you're going to need a bank account probably, and you need to carry out your due diligence, but your due diligence, most of it will be carried out by the solicitor. But remember, the solicitor will be able to do the planning stuff, will be able to do the title documents, will be able to review the contract, but will not be carrying out a physical inspection of the house. And uh, you need to be careful in that regard. Get a structural survey. Hope you find this video useful. I think you probably should watch it in conjunction with the previous one that I did uh, a while back. I'll fix it up or I'll put a link up there this side you can have a look at it as I said the sound on the last one was dodgy hopefully the sound in this one will be okay uh, I think it should be so thanks a lot for listening and don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode and I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review on Apple's iTunes it gives great encouragement and uh, lets me know that I'm on the right track thanks a lot mm-hmm.